Bakersoft Story Classic, bringing to you recordings of old storybooks. Mildred Keith, Episode 8 Cyril came running back, carrying a covered basket. He's gone, girls. He wasn't the Lord at all, only a man, and he didn't stay long. I guess because he sat down on the tacks and hurted himself. Here's a dinner. Mother says we may eat it out here under the trees, and it'll be as good as a picnic. So it will. Let's see what it is. And Zilla took the basket and lifted the lid. Oh, that's nice. Buttered biscuits and cold tongue and cheese and gingerbread. Lots of it and a turnover apiece. Isn't our mother good, cried Ada gratefully. Did you tell her about the Indian, the berries? Yes, and father was there. He just came home and he says we needn't be a single bit afraid. They don't kill folks now and they wouldn't dare to hurt us right here in the town, even if they wanted to. Baby's been fretting a little, cause she's hungry, I guess, said Zilla, putting a bit of gingerbread in the little one's hand. Yes, mother said you should give her some cake, and she'll come directly and take her a while. Now let's begin to eat, for I'm as hungry as a big black bear. So am I, piped the small voices of Don and Fan, but father always asks a blessing first. Yes, assented Zilla, stopping short in her distribution of the good things, and mother does it when he's away, but, and she glanced from one to the other of the children, but gray faces of the little group. I'll do it, said Cyril, closing his merry blue eyes and folding his chubby hands. Oh, Lord, we thank thee for the gingerbread and turnovers and, and all the good things. Amen. Now give me mine, Zeal, opening his eyes wide and holding out both hands. Ladies first, you know, answered the sister, and we must all spread our handkerchiefs in our laps to keep the greasy crumbs from our clothes. Oh yes, I forgot. Help Ada and Fan and yourself, then Don too, and me last, cause we're the gentlemen. No, myself last, because that's the way mother does. And mother and father always do everything right, commented Ada, beginning upon her sandwich. They were rosy, healthy children, and their appetites were keen, but they were not selfish or greedy, and the supply of food was more than amply sufficient for all. They were never stinted, but had been taught that waste was sinful, so the remains of the meal were put carefully by in the basket, which Scylla then hung up on a branch near at hand. And she, as she did so, the others set up a glad shout, Mother's coming, and sprang forward to meet her, while Baby held out her hands with a crow of delight. Well, dears, had you plenty of dinner? Mrs. Keefe asked, taking Annis in her arms and sitting down on the buffalo robe while they grouped themselves about her. Oh, yes, yes, indeed, some left, and it was very good. Thank you for it, Mother. You quite deserved it. You have been dear good children, taking care of yourselves and baby all morning, and not giving any trouble to anybody. How the young cheeks flushed and the eyes grew bright at these words from those dear lips. How they loved her for them, and what an increased desire to merit her approbation. They felt swelling in their breasts. She could stay with them only a little while, but suggested various amusements 
some games they might play, some stories Zilla might relate to the younger ones. Are you getting done fast, Mother? Can we sleep in our own home tonight? they asked. No, dears, for though the bedroom floors are lined, there might be some dampness that would injure us. We will go back to the tavern for our supper and to sleep tonight, but tomorrow night we will be in our own home once more. Not the nice home we used to have, though, sighed Zilla. No, daughter, but we must try to be content and thankful, and if we are, we may be as happy in the new home as we were in the old. With that, the now sleeping babe was laid gently down on the robe, a light covering thrown over her, and with a charge to the others to take care of her, and a caress bestowed upon each, the mother hastened back to the house. We're tired running about and picking flowers, Van and Don and me, said Cyril, so won't you please tell us this story now, Zeal? Yes, I'll tell you Androcles and the lion, you always like that. Yes, and then tell about the girl that had a silk dress and couldn't run and play because her shoes pinched, begged Fan. Oh, look, exclaimed Ada in an undertone. See those girls? They haven't silk dresses or shoes to pinch their toe. Don't they look odd? The subjects of her remarks were two little maids, one about her own size, the other a trifle smaller, who were slowly making their way through the bushes toward the spot where the Keith children were seated. They had sallow, sunburnt faces, tawny yellow locks straggling over their shoulders, and their thin, lanky little forms were arrayed in calico dresses, faded, worn, and skimpy. Pantalettes of the same material but different color appeared below their skirts. Their feet were bare, and on their heads were sunbonnets of pasteboard, covered with still another pattern of calico, both faded and soiled. Shall we ask them to come and join us? queried Zilla. Maybe Day is hungry, suggested Fan. Let's give them something out of the basket. Good afternoon, little girls, said Zilla, raising her voice slightly as they drew near. Will you come and sit with us? They shook their heads, but came creeping on, each with a finger. Have you had your dinner? An affirmative nod. I'm going to tell a story to these children, and if you like to come and listen to you can. What are your names? Mine's Emeretta Lightcap. And here is Minerva Lightcap. She's my sister, she is. Now go on and tell your story. Men, let's sit down on the grass right here. They listened in open-mouthed wonder, till summoned by a shrill voice from the direction of the smithy. When they rose and scampered away, the Keiths were a very domestic family. No place like home to them and all, from the father down to the little fan, were heartily weary of the unsettled life they had led for some weeks past. It was therefore with joy they found themselves once more able to sit down under their own vine and fig tree. If a renaissance so unsightly as the yellow house in the corner may fitly be compared to natural objects so full of beauty and grace, by the evening of the second day the advanced stage of the internal improvements warranted them in taking possession. As the shadows grew long, the children were called in, the family gathered about a neatly appointed table, set out in the center, one of the three lower rooms, spoken of indifferently as the sitting or dining room, since it must answer both purposes. The meal was enlivened by cheerful chat, in which the children were allowed to take part, the only restriction being that but one voice was to be heard at a time, and that not in loud or boisterous tones. 
No domestic had been found yet, and leaving mother and aunt to chat with the father, Mildred and the younger girls cleared the table, washed the dishes, and made all neat in the kitchen. This done, they returned to the sitting room. The great family Bible lay open on the table before the father, a pile of hymn books beside it. These last Rupert took up and distributed. The father read a few verses of scripture and gave out a hymn. The mother's sweet voice set the tune. The others joined in, and a full chorus of praise swelled upon the summer evening air. It died away, and all knelt while the father offered a short but fervent prayer, giving thanks for the mercies of the day, asking for protection through the night, confessing sins, and pleading for pardon and eternal life for all temporal and spiritual good. Through the atoning blood of Christ, it was thus each day was begun, and ended in this truly Christian family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, was the resolution with which Mr. and Mrs. Keith had begun their married life. Each little one came to claim a good night kiss from father and Aunt Wealthy, then cheerfully followed their mother up the steep crooked stairway to the large room above. Oh, how much nicer it looks, they cried. Auntie's room, too, running to the open door and peeping in. Everything was now clean and neat. Carpets covered the rough boards of the floor. Curtains draped the windows. And dividing the large room into several apartments, in each of which was a neat white bed. But little of their heavy furniture had been brought with them for, from the old home, but its place was partially supplied by turning packing boxes into chintz covered and cushioned lounges and toilet tables whose unsightliness was concealed by dainty drapery. Ingenuity and taste had done wonders in making the house comfortable and attractive at small expense. Thank you for listening to another episode of Acresoft Story Classic.